Hey, Jay. Hey, Tyler. How you doing? I'm great. Just before we get started, I want to let you know the bullet journaling is going exactly as well as it was oh, good. this time last week. I also currently still don't have a resolution. Yeah. Um, but we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Don't worry about resolutions. Yeah, Just we're good. do your best to change every day. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I've changed anything. <laughs> I think I... Jury's still out. I still... Immediately after I was talking about TikTok last week... And how I need to get away from it. I just kept thinking of all the great TikToks I needed to yeah. share. Yeah, you're gonna put TikTok back on your phone. Oh, it's back on my phone. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming off tonight. Uh, all right, I have a question for you. I hope I have an answer. Okay, here is my question. What's what is? Oh, I like this one. What is the most useful thing that you own? As in multi-uses or as in I... Here, wait, I'll clarify it. Yeah, please. What is the most useful thing that you own? <laughs> I, I, sad to say, it's got to be my phone. Ooh. It's got to be my phone. In yeah. terms of just yeah. daily, I use this thing for everything. And in almost every situation, it's there. Yeah. Um, well, and that's probably a good way. Like, I would, based on that, is like, what is the thing in which your life would be the most negatively impacted if it wasn't there? Well, that see, that's a different question. Oh, I, okay, that's, that's my clarifying question. question then. Because now, I, I have this experience right now. Uh, it is Pittsburgh. It is winter, um, though you wouldn't know it from the weather. Oh, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, been it's like, like fifty degrees outside. Yeah, and raining. Um, so this shouldn't be a problem. What I'm about to explain to you. But I, in my fleet of bicycles, currently have no working bicycles. Oh. How many bikes do you have? I have four wow. in various states of repair. Wow. Uh, my main daily driver, my mountain bike, my used mountain bike, and a frame I'm trying to build up so myself. So the, the other mountain bike is still factory sealed? No. it's okay. So the first mountain bike, the blue mountain bike, uh, is my oldest bike that I have currently. Uh, Sarah got it for me and it's old and like not quite up to mountain biking standards. So I converted it to a single speed. Um, but it's single not, speed. Yeah. Oh, so you're a hipster. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, do you have a penny farthing bike? No, oh, okay. not yet. That'd be great if you got not those. yet. Um, I want to try to ride that. I want to know in what world. So the penny farthing bike is the one with the giant front wheel yep. and the teeny tiny back wheel. Apparently, there's a lot. Why? Of, why was like? How do you get up on that? You, and, no, you don't. <laughs> you just don't. You just run. Yeah, there are guys uh, at the charity rides I do over the summer that ride uh, tall bikes. This is where you essentially weld. Not essentially. This is where you weld two bike frames on top of each other. Okay. So you essentially have the height of the penny. To be a weirdo. There's no other reason to do zero it. zero yeah. practical application other than to just be cool looking. Uh, watching them get on and off the bikes is art. Like, it's <laughs> just incredible. Do they need, like, friends to hold the bike so they can climb up? They have, like, a peg system. that So, like, they start pushing the bike and hop on the pegs and then climb up while the bikes... It's insane. Like, you, no one no one in their right mind should do this. Uh, but anyway, so the, the single-speed mountain bike and the frame I'm building up are almost never rideable because I'm too lazy to do anything about them. The mountain bike, the other day, I found out all the cables were rusted, and the road bike, I embarrassingly dropped off my car roof Oh, uh, and bent a couple things I need to replace. So I have currently 
no working bikes. Oh, I also currently have no working bikes, but that's less of a stress in my life. I was going to say, it doesn't matter right now. It's cold. I'm not going to ride my bike anyway. Like it's not, but every day I kind of wake up with this voice in the back of my head that goes, you know. You can't ride a bike even if you want to. Oh. And like, I got to do something about that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I got to go to the bike shop. So, so like, that would be the in terms of desire. But your your general life would not be changed without a bike. No, I mean, I'm, I'm living the life I, I would. Yeah. Um, but my my happiness has definitely yeah, that's true. taken a hit. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my most useful thing. I mean, the phone is very multifunctional. Uh, if I didn't have it, I would get lost a lot more. Yeah. Because I've really, I've never been good with directions, just in general, as anyone who knows me knows. And like it, when they, as soon as I like, they're trying to explain to me how to get somewhere. You see the vacant look. It's like the look a dog makes when you like <laughs> hide something, and they're like, yeah. oh? "What?" Yeah. So they're like, "Well, it's you first. You turn left on this street, and it's like I don't know the I'm names of any lost. of these roads. Yeah. It's like take the parkway. It's like what's the parkway? <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah. So if I didn't have a phone, I'd be lost all the time. I'm lost a lot of time anyway. I remember distinctly the first time that when the iPhone came out yeah my first iphone was the iphone 3g Ooh. which was like yeah hoo, hoo, hoo. it was like rounded on the back yeah yeah and and this was like essentially the first smartphone ever we were on a trip that a tornado was coming through the trip with yeah. the youth group yeah and i was shocked that i could get the weather oh yeah look i remember the, that look How at the radar was? look at the radar yeah. in real time yeah and then cancel the trip and by that i mean email all the parents what? in one shot oh my goodness all f- i'm sitting there like i'm holding a laptop yeah in my hand we forget how amazing our phones are oh my gosh they're incredible but it, i mean so yeah directions and music yeah. are the two things that i would miss more than anything big else. time and big. then i would have a lot of extra time but i would but the two <laughs> big negative things that i would lose is i'd get lost a lot and i wouldn't have any music to listen to i'd have to go back to cds what is my most useful item? I mean, it's probably the phone. I'm not sure I can think of anything better yeah. than that. Like, I really wanted it to be something cool, like a pocket knife or a... Yeah, I mean, it's probably... For me in general, it's probably a notebook because I write in my notebook yeah. a lot. But my notebook is disorganized, as well, we talked about before. Like, with your your bullet journaling is still consistent. My yeah. bullet journaling is, is also consistent in that I consistently don't do it. <laughs> I just have a notebook that I write thoughts down in. Yeah. And I save them for later, and then I forget they're in there. <laughs> but I do walk around with this field notes thing in my pocket, and... Fill them up. I mean, I filled up the last one in about a month and a half. I lost one in the last month, and it made me very sad. Like, I was about a quarter of the way through it, and I still... It's got to sh- turn up somewhere, and it's got my name in it, even. Anyway, these field notes... We This is in the What's in My Bag episode we talked about. It's a little, like, memo book that you can put in your pocket. Anyway, we're recording a podcast, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Jay. And I'm a Tyler. And this is Rubbing the Pastor. thick of January. One of my favorite months. Uh, this is a month with not much in it. Um, we discussed it, by the by. This is one of my least favorite months. So I'm oh, glad yeah, to that's have true. your 
enthusiasm and support in yeah, this I, season. I don't, I don't know why I like it so much. I think I just really like winter. And I'm, January is the month where we really get winter. Yeah. Hopefully. Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'm pumped about this particular January, January 2020. We got oh, a lot, yeah. you and I in particular have a lot of really cool stuff going on. Yeah, we do. Oh man, and guess what? We got some podcasts coming yeah. live yeah. from the airport yeah. and from San Francisco. We're gonna record fifty podcasts yeah, during the week that we're gone. People are gonna tell us stop uh, yeah, putting microphones. If you got tired face. of uh, Star Wars podcasts, wait till you yeah. get a hold of these San Francisco podcasts. Uh, We're going to, I mean, legitimately probably six of them will come out of that. Yeah. Because uh, we'll be waiting in the in the airport for a while. Yep. And then we will be uh, in a hotel room uh, with nothing to do yep. for a while. And we'll have lots of friends we can talk to. Now, so. at some point, I'm going to have to read the books that we have supposed to have read. Oh, yeah. I yeah. got almost all of them on audiobook. Per your recommendation. Let me tell you something, though. I feel bad about recommending that because I'm listening to one right now for our class. Yeah. And the author didn't read it. And oh, yeah. someone did. But the Lauren Winter book? Yeah. Yeah, it's a real, real weird. Uh, it sounds like series reading it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go to the Eucharist. I speed it up. Blah, blah, blah. Speed it up. And then That's she sounds fine. Idea. Really? Yeah. I always speed every, uh, all the audiobooks. I unless it has music with it or it has a distinctive voice, I speed it up to at least 1.25, but sometimes 1.5. Hey. Yeah. That's an idea. Got me through Lord of the Rings pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty quick, meaning 17 hours instead <laughs> of 30. <laughs> Excellent. Um, anyway, so we are in uh, January. I, yes. I'm a big fan. I'm happy. I, I like it. I like coming back. It's exciting. New calendar. I like writing 2020 yeah. on everything. Yeah. This is a great year. Uh, I, I, one of my biggest things about this year, I may have even said this already, is that we are finally, as a collective uh, culture, we are all saying 2020. No yes. one's saying 2020. Yeah, no. We're done with 1,000. Good riddance. Just... I've been waiting for people to be done with that since 2012. Yeah. Because it takes longer to say... 2000 then does say 20 and eventually we were going to have to get to that anyway yeah we're here and we're here and now uh, like everybody's on board there were still some people who were saying 2019 yeah but now 2020 2020 yeah yeah thank you barbara walters so you asked at the very end of the last episode last week that we hope recorded oh yeah Uh, it might not have oh boy (laughs) but uh, working on the hope that it did (laughs) uh you had asked if i'd gotten any christmas presents uh that i enjoyed for a second, I thought I had not pressed record. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Christmas presents you enjoyed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gave myself a happy little Christmas gift. Uh, I took a day on Saturday, the Saturday after Christmas. Yep. And Sarah took the boys to her mom's house, got them out of the house. Uh, our basement, from the time we'd moved into our house, Yeah. we have like a semi-finished basement, yeah. which is totally Pittsburgh. It has a shower just in the hot middle of the basement, yep. like not in the bathroom. Is there anything. a toilet there too? There's a toilet, but they walled that off. Yeah, but they uh, didn't wall off the shower. No. Interesting. Really. And the shower and the toilet weren't close to each other? Uh, they're near-ish, but not yeah. not enough to put in the same I room. Know, that stinks. Uh, but it had just become the place we threw stuff. Yeah. Uh, it, it, from Again, from the time we moved in, just that's where you store just stuff. Just to, to back up a second, in case you didn't know this, Pittsburgh, every Pittsburgh house has a toilet in the basement. Yeah. Mo- and originally, there was no bathroom in the basement, just a toilet right. there, in, like in the middle of the room. Like not enclosed, not like no. privacy. Just and they call it a Pittsburgh toilet. potty. It makes no sense. I've never heard a good explanation for it. Other no. than mill workers came, they came in through the basement and they would do all their stuff there. But I don't know why you don't put it in a separate room. I don't yeah. know why it's just in the bathroom. So continue. So, most yeah. most of them have been walled in. Yeah. Like well, mine, the the toilet and and our showers are beside the toilet. So they now are in a in a bathroom. But usually that bathroom has to be in the middle of. 
the the basement, so you have to turn the basement. You may have a big basement that you have to cut into pieces to make this bathroom right in the middle of it make sense. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, we very clearly that's what ours was, and then a previous owner somewhere along the line just threw walls up. Yeah. For the privacy, uh, but it just became the place where stuff was stored, uh, and and stored is a very generous word. It yeah. was just thrown yeah. about everywhere. And as the boys have gotten older, they have accumulated their own stuff. Yeah. Uh, which was taking over the upper floors of the house. So I took all of Saturday and just cleaned the basement. Oh, nice. Straight up. And I was merciless yeah. in throwing stuff away. Oh, man, away. when you get in that purge mode, yeah. oh, boy, that feels good. Part of what, this is an aside, but part of what really spurred me on was we did a mission trip last summer where we were cleaning up stuff uh, for a, a secondhand store. Yeah. And the the owner of the secondhand store said, if you wouldn't buy it, yeah. If you wouldn't plot money down on it, yeah. do not put it through. Just throw yeah. it out. Yeah. Uh, so I we did donate some stuff that was down in the basement, but I was just like, if it wasn't in pristine working order, yeah. pitch it. Yeah. And if it wasn't pristine working order and we hadn't used it in years, pitch it. Yeah. Uh, donate it, whatever. So we, <laughs> I can't believe the garbage men took it. We had filled our curb oh, man. from sea to shining sea oh, man. of the Friar household was just garbage. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, oh, even, let alone the fact that we've reclaimed a, a whole area of our house. Yeah. The freedom of throwing away that much junk to kick off the new year was liberating. Yeah. It's an oh. actual, I mean, it's a, it's a cleansing. Yeah. And it's, but it also then, as you see it all like presented on the side of the road. Yes. It does make you think like, what? That's all stuff that we deemed at one point worth hanging on to. Not even worth hanging on to, like deemed at some point worth buying. Yeah. Uh, the whole project, I came away with one thing I reclaimed and reused. I found a wallet hey. that had been like totally nice. unused and Did it have anything in it? No. Oh. No, it was, to- it was like brand new, like yeah. still in the, in the box, whatever yeah, wallet. Yeah, pretty nice. Uh, so I just grabbed that. It's uh, two Christmas gifts. I hey. Got <laughs> Did you listen to something while you were cleaning everything? I did. I listened to podcasts mostly. Oh, nice. Um, I got caught up on the Minimalist podcast. Nice. Uh, the Anthropocene Reviewed, which I can uh, neither say nor spell. Yeah. Uh, they had a new episode. Odd Long Sang is oh, so man. good. Wait, say that again? Odd Long Sang? Old Lang Sang? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shut up. Uh, Sorry, that wasn't... <laughs> It sounded like he was making fun of you, but I was legitimately tickled by what. Yeah. However, you said that. That yeah, was whatever. That I've was never, great. I've never once sung that song. Really? Uh uh-uh. uh Oh man, I've heard it. Like it's a great song time. to sing because you don't. There are no. All the words are in old Scots, and so yeah, you kind of get every third word, and then the rest you can just go. Ah, blah, blah. It's literally the best all night drinking song. Yeah, it really. It's ri- yeah, yeah, it's it's perfect. You know the words when you are inebriated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that episode. Oh. It, it stop what you're doing right now. Listen to that, yeah, and yeah. then come back to oh us. Oh my goodness! It's the most recent on their feed, so it's so good. Oh, that's a great show. Yeah. yeah so I listened to that. Uh, listened to some news. Not much music, which is surprising for yeah. me. I needed to keep. Yeah. Charging through. Well, that's a, and also I found when I'm cleaning and stuff, audiobooks or podcast books on tape things. Um, I'm the most productive when I'm actually listening because then you're focused on that and you just kind of move through. Yep. Whereas like music can make me stop and like consider everything that I'm trying to get rid of. And yep. then it, uh, it makes me move a whole lot slower. No, I was in get it out of the house mode. Yeah. Uh, and praise be to God. Cause it's better down there now. And the boys got 
you would. I don't, did you see my uh, my uh, Instagram post of this? My, oh, the the Hot Wheels. Oh my gosh! Oh man, that was discovered in the no in the no garbage. My, oh okay. My aunt sent it to us yeah. to the boys for yeah. Christmas, and it's this Hot Wheels track that uses those 3M command hook things. Oh sweet, yeah. To stick to the wall, yeah. So the thing goes up the like like literally climbs the wall, Jackie yeah. Chan style. Nice. Uh, we would not have had room for it. Yeah. In the house, had I not spent the time cleaning out the basement, like it just wouldn't. Yeah. Wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a kid's palace down there. Oh, now. that's pretty great. So put, that's in the basement. It's in the basement. Oh, nice. I had to put the kids to bed early last night so I could go downstairs and play <laughs> with the Hot Wheels. Nice. Yeah, I did good. find myself. I've been playing on the we. Uh, our kids got a switch for the the boys' birthday because their their birthday around the same time, and uh, then they got some more Switch games. Oh man! And Adrian got me um, uh, Breath of the Wild, the Zelda game for the oh, Switch. Yeah. Oh boy. It's the best gift ever. I, I, for as hyped as it is, I think the Nintendo Switch is one of the most underrated. Oh, it is so great. Yeah, it is so great. The youth group kids, I don't have one, but the youth group kids it's have so them. It's so great, and like they're. It's and, the best system I've yeah. ever, I've ever been a part of. Anyway, what uh, were we talking about? Garbage. Uh, garbage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, we, we, as we were looking at the uh, what we want to talk about this week, one of the things that came up was this theology of garbage, and especially in terms of your purging situation, mm-hmm. um, which I was not alone. Yeah. I mean, in turn, you could go down our. Oh street yeah, it's that it's, is a common resolution is like get yep. the basement cleaned up because one, there's also a lot of boxes and wrappers and stuff from Christmas, but then. The second thing is it's you have all this new stuff that needs a place, and so yeah. it makes you reevaluate all these uh, things that we need to get rid of. Yeah. I don't know if this is... I've heard that this is not true, but you've seen on your calendar Boxing Day yeah. from Canada. Yeah. Apparently, it's the day after Christmas. The boxing is they take away all their old stuff, box it up, and donate it. I don't think that that's what it's for. I had heard that. I and used again, to know I, what it was for. I, I wish... Uh, history Tyler could come in and tell us, but I don't have it. <laughs> it's not the, available. It's not in the front yeah, of my mind. Yeah. Uh, I know because it, it's it's comes from Britain, and yeah. it's something I used to think it was about returning stuff to the store, but it's not that either. Yeah. Um, well, it still applies. You know, yeah, yeah, we can. I mean, it it works both ways. Let it let it be written yeah. from this day forth. <laughs> for America. Yeah. Boxing Day is throwing stuff out. <laughs> That's what we do. We take other people's holidays yeah, and we, we claim it. Yeah, we. You know, oh, you've got a football. We're gonna play a game called football, and we're not even gonna use our feet. <laughs> yeah, not even. Little. How about that? Yeah. I'll live very little. Yeah. yeah. So uh, all of this was making me think of uh, a situation that I had 12 years ago. Okay. This is before we had kids. Uh, I went to my wife, Adrian, and I uh, went to visit our friend, Kyle, a good friend who lives in Los Angeles. At that point... Um, City of Angels. City of Angels. And um, he is awesome. And he was in seminary out there. And we went to see him. I was finishing up seminary. And uh, we just had some time, wanted to go visit. And we visited for like... 10 days, something like that. Like, it was great. The kind of visit that you can have when you are young single yeah. or young marrieds where you kind of just take vacation to do what young, you want. Young yeah. married without kids. Yes, that yes, That was yes. a golden age. Yeah. And not that I regret the kids, but no. if there's some functionality that we could do then that we will never be able to do again. So because by the time we are, uh, are there are kids old enough. I'm not going uh, anywhere. Yeah, we're going to be tired. And <laughs> uh, it, it was nice because there was no regrets of like, oh, this would be great, except... The kids would love this or something like that. Yeah, right. No, no. Just just enjoy it. So we went out to Los Angeles. We stayed for a real long time and did all the touristy things and uh, saw all this awesome stuff. It was great. I fell in love with Los Angeles. I still do. It's It's a great great place. Um, A lot of terrible stuff there, but so so is everywhere. Uh, Los Angeles is a crazy city because everywhere you go, you recognize it. 
because yeah. every corner has been filmed in a commercial or a TV show. And you recognize it not knowing why. Yep. Like we went to Griffith Park and every corner we turned around, I was like, I know this bend from something. <laughs> and then we drove through the tunnel from Back to the Future 2. Yeah. Which is also the the tunnel from uh, to Toontown uh, in uh, yeah. Roger Rabbit. We went to the Griffith Observatory, which is in a million movies, yeah. including like Rebel Without a Cause and uh, Bowfinger and stuff like that. <laughs> Um, so it was, it was just awesome. We, we had a, we had a lot of fun. Um, but one of the things we did is that, um, Adrian had a friend named Sarah who was, she had founded this mission organization called Faceless International, which was doing awesome things for a while. I don't think that they're still an organization anymore. Um, but she was, they did a lot of international stuff, obviously per the name. Yep. Um, and that Stephen Christian, who was the lead singer of Amberlin started yeah. it with her. So Sarah and Stephen had started this thing. Oh, wow. And, um, so Sarah was actually going to be in Los Angeles working with some groups doing some mission work in Skid Row. And Adrian, uh, found out about this and said, Hey, we should go. I, her, she lived in Nashville, so we didn't get to see her very much. So Adrian said, my friend Sarah, uh, is downtown. Can we go downtown and, and see her? And maybe we can do like some mission work yeah. over there. And um, so we went downtown LA, which is not a place where you go. Um, <laughs> to be avoided. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I started to recognize stuff as like, oh, this is where they film when things are scary. And it's legitimately, <laughs> we went to a place called Skid Row, yeah. which is where all the homeless people live. And it's this big city block that we were at where there was a shelter. There was probably like five or six shelters around us. And so... Um, Sarah, and then a bunch of probably 80 youth group kids, like whether they were high school or college age kids or something like that. She was organizing all these folks and they were setting up, they were working with one of the local shelters to provide a lunch, which is what the shelter did every day, but they yeah. could do it on a bigger scale with all these people. And so they were getting all the lunch ready. And then she said, we need to go around and let everybody know the lunch is going to happen in 20 minutes or something like that. And so this huge, big group of white kids started to walk around uh, this block, which is filled with a lot of people of color, yep. homeless people of color. Not exclusively people of color, but a lot. So it was just a very kind of culture yeah. shocky thing. The like, percentages were off. Yeah, yeah, it was very, and it was very touristy, even though Sarah wasn't trying to make it this way. Like it was very, every mission experience you've ever had. It was that like right. interacting with social people at, or with, with homeless people as a thing to be fixed, yep. not people to be known. And that was my goal, too. My goal was either just to get out of there because we're on vacation, but yeah. also then to just fix this problem so we can leave and feel good about ourselves. Right. Kyle says, hey, why don't we walk this way? Because everybody's going that way. Uh -huh. And I said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he then proceeded to walk that way. And then I thought, uh, okay, I'll walk with you. Yeah. Uh, partially because I felt like he shouldn't be walking there by himself because I've been taught to fear homeless people. Yep. And partially because I wanted to hang around with my friend Kyle and I didn't want to be stuck in this group of people I didn't know. And and Adrian was with Sarah, so like it would have been walking around with a bunch of kids I don't know. Uh, and I'm probably 27, 28 at this point. Yeah. And so um, we walk a little bit. We walk around half the block. And then Kyle finds... Uh, and, and again, there are probably homeless people every four feet yeah. sitting on the sidewalk. It is hundreds of homeless people in the city block because... They'll go to Los Angeles because the climate is so great. Yeah, like right. you can be homeless all year long and it's never really that cold or really that bad. Right. Uh, so places like Atlanta, San Francisco, Los Angeles have a huge homeless problem because the climate is... Um, amenable. It, yeah, it's amenable to people who do not have shelter. Uh, so there's all these people and Kyle just walks up and sits down by this 
guy and starts talking to him. Kyle is a really good pastor, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before yeah. Seminary. Uh, and so he sits down, and so I kind of sit down beside him. And again, there's homeless people about every four feet. So he's sitting between by this guy, which means I'm sitting beside another guy. Yeah. So he said, and these are older gentlemen, uh, African Americans, and they're probably somewhere between 50 and 70. It's hard to tell because they're, they've been living on the street for a while. Both of them have carts with um, like cans and things in it that are, uh-huh. they're sitting beside. Both of them, when we sit down to talk, now Kyle is talking to this guy. I'm just kind of sitting there, like very uncomfortable. Um, Kyle strikes up this conversation and the defenses on the guy he's talking to go up right away. Yeah. Clearly, these two white guys are coming around trying to proselytize or do something. Or something's, tell, something's, yeah, it's a different one every day. Yeah. And now we got this guy and he's going to bug me. And so they are not there. They're not mean, really, but they are not welcoming. Right. They are not excited that we just sat down beside them. They don't have any interest in what's going on. And so Kyle talks to this guy for probably 15 minutes. And it gets to the point where I realize, oh, we're not going anywhere. And Kyle's not like talking about Jesus or anything. Like, just right. ask him about his life. Like, what are you doing? What's this? what's this? And uh, not no agenda. Just talking to him. And uh, like, you can start by saying like, "Hey, we have this thing," and they're like, "Yeah, that happens every day. Like, the food happens every day. We yeah. know that's coming. Yeah, you yeah. Tell us." And so he's like, "So tell me about yourself." So after a while, I, I realized I should probably talk to this guy on my side because <laughs> I've just, just been yeah, awkwardly stiff. He, well, he doesn't. To... He don't want to talk to me, yeah. but I, and I don't want to talk to him. But I should probably. And this guy looked again between the age of 50 and 70, but he looked on the 70 side, but I think he was probably closer to 50. Yeah. Kind of a thin guy, had a beard, real kind of old wizened looking guy wearing a hat. And so I talked to him. He's like, I'm like, so where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Los Angeles. Like it's like real (laughs) not engaging at at first. And like after a little bit. Yeah. Um, And so we, I I mean, we stay there probably for another, uh, 10 minutes or so and then they start to warm up they realize like if we were trying to prove something we would have proven it by now like we're trying to sell something right. or like try to convert them to something and um they realize like oh they just want to talk and so then um kyle goes says well i want to get some coffee do either of you guys want some coffee and they said no he said to me do you want some coffee i said sure Kyle leaves, and then I immediately I'm I'm scared again. <laughs> but then I think I'm, oh, no. I'm kind of okay here because these I know that these guys are nice enough that they're not going to do anything to me. Right. Uh, again, because I've been talking to your homeless people, so uh, I start talking, and then then he does start to open up a little bit. And I asked what his name was. He says, "My name is V," like the letter V. Yeah. I was like, oh, "Which well, is that's, it, that's pretty cool." If, yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna go for it, just yeah. you know, he's go just for v. it. Yeah. And I he's like, "Where are you from?" I was like, "Well, I'm from uh, I live in Wisconsin at the time, but uh, I grew up in Pittsburgh." He's like, oh, Pittsburgh, I used to love the Steelers. I always loved the Steelers. Why is it that that is a universal language? The Steelers were the team uh, yeah. that everybody loved in the 70s. No and this kidding. is a guy that, uh, when they wouldn't stop winning. And yeah. so this huh. is a guy that's that. Uh, and so uh, we started talking about football a little bit. And I think we were talking about like Terrell Owens or someone at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and uh, and we're just, all of a sudden, we became just two people, like an older guy and a younger guy. Yeah. But now, we kind of forgot that we're sitting, or I forgot that we're sitting on a sidewalk next to um, carts filled with garbage. Yeah. Uh, and um, he starts to ask me, like, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm, a, I'm in seminary to become a pastor. And he's like, a pastor? I was like, yeah. And I was like, so what, what does that mean? He's <laughs> like, 
I don't study the Bible. Like, I really like working with young people, and like, I think they have good questions. I think there's a lot to know about God. And um, so we, and it keeps on going kind of like that. Like, it's just a little small talk, but a little, little bit more for probably another 45 minutes. Kyle had come back. We had the coffee. Um, at one point then, this other lady comes up. Now, there are other people walking by, homeless people. Like, it's a pretty active place. Right. This lady comes up. She is clearly drunk or on something. Yeah. Um, and she is yelling at us because walks up to see these two white guys sitting by these two older black men uh, trying to do something. Clearly, we're we have a goal here, and right. she comes and starts like yelling at us and saying like how we need to get rid of like we need to get out of here. We need to mind our business and swearing at us and stuff like that. Uh, and starts like saying bad stuff, like trying to denigrate religion in a way to make it like trying to offend us. And we're just like, okay. So then this lady's yelling at us and I'm starting to think now I'm scared again. I had gotten comfortable, but now, no, I am going to get hurt by somebody here. Like there's some, and she was aggressive and weird. And, and so then all, and I was just about to be like, uh, no, uh, and then all of a sudden V goes, don't talk to this man like this, this is a man of God. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and he, <laughs> and like really yelled at her and got, and like, and then the guy beside Kyle yelled at her too. And then all of a sudden she changed and she's like, oh, I love Jesus. And it's like, what? And where is this coming from? Yeah. But we had these, the two men had become our protectors. Basically, they were saying these guys are okay. Yeah. And again, at this point, aside from saying I was in seminary, I had not talked about Jesus. And it wasn't my goal to talk right. about Jesus. So she kind of wanders off. She was looking for her drinking buddy. And she wanders off. And then... Um, Chit chat a little more, and then V just looks at me and says, "What was the first sermon you ever preached?" Hmm. Now, at that point, I'd only preached a handful. And I said, "Well, I preached one in high school, um, and it was here's a stunner. It's about the Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> and um, and so uh, I said, I mean, there's a point in the Empire Strikes Back where uh, Luke is training with Yoda, and Yoda tells him to uh, move. He's his X-Wing spaceship is stuck in the mud and he's like, you can move it with the force, like with your mind. And he tries it and it doesn't work and it sinks him further. And Luke's like, uh, you asked for the impossible. I can't, I can't do it. And Yoda says, do or do not. There is, is no, no try. try. And then he tries it and it, that's, that's when he tries it and then it sinks. And then Yoda says, or they says, you asked for the impossible. And then Yoda just does it. Yeah. And then uh, Luke goes up to him and says, I don't believe it. And Yoda says, that is why you failed. That is why you failed. Such a good line. And uh, I had used that, and this was like, I pre this is when I was a senior in high school, I preached about that and said how like, that is the faith that God is asking us for has to be lived out. It's mm -hmm. one thing to believe something, but if you don't do it, like there isn't any try. You either do it or you don't. Yeah. And so it's one thing to believe that Jesus wants us to love our neighbor. Yeah. It's another thing to sit down beside someone and, and love them yeah. by treating them like a person instead of a problem to be solved. I hadn't made that connection to myself at that moment. But right. that, that was the, that was, that was <laughs> the reflection yeah, after the fact. So yeah. I was able to say that. And then and uh, V was like, that's really good. And then all of a sudden he starts opening up. He's like, huh. and everything that I asked him about before, like when I said, where are you from? He's like from Los Angeles. He's like, I'm actually from Alabama. And I had family there. And I, no, uh, I'm from North Carolina. I had family in North Carolina because I think I was in North Carolina at that point. Uh, and it tells me about like how he had family and he just kind of burned all the bridges. Yeah. And it kept pushing him further west. And he kept trying to find work or try to find somewhere where he could just be. And he finally got to Los Angeles and it was just a, a place where he could survive. Yeah. And um, 
the, and I, and he told me, and it took me this whole thing. And it, by this point, we we're sitting with him for like two hours. And, uh, and, and again, Kyle's talking to this other guy. I don't even know what's going on there. It's just right. me and And uh, so I said to him, you know, there's all these shelters around here. Like there are more shelters in Skid Row than I think in any, there's a higher concentration of homeless shelters and benefit. Like there's good stuff going on right there. Right. I said, there's all these homeless shelters here. They'll help you get a job. Like they, you know that, right? And they'll like, you can sleep somewhere. And he's like, yeah, I know. The problem is uh, you go in those shelters, you have to be sober uh, and celibate for 30 days. And I don't know if I can do it. Hmm. And when you go in there, you can't take anything with you. And it took me a long time to find this cart and to find he had a tent in there. He had like a jacket in there. He had a bunch of cans that they collected because they can turn them in for money. Um, it took a long time to get this stuff. And uh, if I go in there, I lose all that. And if I lose all that, and then I still can't can't stay sober, I'm just gonna end up, I'm gonna end up back here worse off than I am right now because I won't have the stuff I have. Yeah. And so I then I realized like that cart full of garbage that I saw when I sat down was a cart full of everything that this guy had, and it represented a lot of work. Yeah. But it was still a cart full of garbage, and it was the thing that was keeping him. He was right beside what he needed. And he knew what it was. He knew that there was people that would help him without judging him. He didn't trust that he would be able to do it. And the cost of doing that was giving up this cart full of garbage. Um, and then I realized that I am not any better than any of these people. No. Because I have so much garbage in my life that is keeping me from doing the thing that I know that I need to do. And the thing, uh, whether that's I need to study harder or I need to um, uh, like help people more or just like exercise more or like go uh, stop watching so much TV and like go experience the world, go help my neighbor, go do any of these things, go on walks with my wife, like do things that are not just maintenance but are living. Yeah. There's so many things that I'm just holding on to that stop me from like I would love to do that, but I can't because I have this that I have to protect right? and I can't let go of this. And if I let go of it, I might lose it. And yeah. that, I know that this isn't the way that I want my life to be, but it's better than what it could be. Right. Like no one on that, on the street was like, I love living on the street. And, right. But, but V was very much saying like, uh, this is pretty bad, but it could be worse. And I've, I've been without any of this stuff in this cart and that's really hard. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't trust myself enough to, to give this up. Yeah, it, it it makes me think about like artificial ceilings, you know, like um, not like not like you know the fake yeah, drop stuff, down. but like <clears throat> that line of thinking from V makes a certain amount of sense when this is the lifestyle you have, and either you can't imagine or don't think you're worthy of a lifestyle better, you know, because um, like the the end of that story is you go to the shelter if you can stay sober and celibate for 30 days, you're going to be a lot further ahead yeah. than you are now. But if that feels out of reach, yeah, then you're just going to put the ceiling here. And all of a sudden this pile of garbage makes all the sense in the world. And especially when you failed before, because I think he had done it before yeah, and failed out after like three days. Mm -hmm. And then he had, then he had to start all over and to get a cart. And I mean, that kind of stuff in Los Angeles probably took a year yeah. to get everything he had. Yeah. 
uh, the other thing that happened as we were, as we we're doing this um, is a camera crew. Oh no! Walked by filming, and it was like B roll for like a a movie or for something, and they're just walking by, and it's like a three person camera crew all huddled around this camera, just like a steady cam, and just walking along the line of homeless people, just filming them from like three feet away. Yeah. And they got to us and they lifted the camera up and then they walked past us and then put it down. Because you were wrecking we the were, narrative. Because we were, yeah, we were not the image that they were there for. Yeah. And it at once it helped me to see like, oh, this is not the narrative they want, but also how dehumanizing it was. Yeah. Because as I saw them coming, I thought, they're not even asking no. if we want to be on this. No release form. And they're telling no. us what this is for. Like clearly that we are just we are we are background yep. for something. It's, I did a um, mission trip last summer and, and we're gonna repeat it again this summer because it was so awesome at the pilgrimage in Washington, DC. Okay. Um it's at, at the, I don't I don't know what that is. So it's the Church of the Pilgrims in Washington, DC, which is <laughs> How'd you put it? Uh, I think you gave me the phrase at one point: "Weapons grade liberal." Yeah, <laughs> um, like just the 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 sermon was ugh, in in a good way, but in a way that was so jarring to me. I think that, I remember like, you telling me about that. Yeah, um, but there the they do a thing every summer called the pilgrimage, where you can go and stay in the church. They like set up a dorm. Yeah. And then they walk you through. They hook you up with all the local oh, homeless nice. resources nice. in DC. Yeah, um, DC is a beautiful and scary and frustrating. Not scary, not scary. It, I mean, it's scary if you want it. If you let it be scary, it doesn't have to be scary. There's a lot going on in DC that we never see. No, no. It it it. There's a. This is an aside ish. Um, there's an interesting dynamic. One of the guys that. Um, came and told us what it was like while he was homeless. He had since you know been through the shelter and gotten a job, and it was okay. Um, but he found his bench right outside the White House. Yeah. So like, we spent some time talking about here is the seat of power. Yeah. And prestige and excellence in America, and a literal stone's throw away is somebody with nothing. Yeah. Because uh, the system let him down. Um, but one of the things this guy was telling us, you know, he just trying to, you know, the question came up like, how do we best help people yeah. experiencing homelessness? And, yeah. and he said, ask them their name huh. because you can go when you're homeless, you can go months yeah. and never hear your name spoken uh, because people just walk right by you. Yeah. Film crews just film you because your background. Yeah. Uh, you know, even like when we went to DuPont Circle, there's a huge... Uh, population of homeless folks that live in there. And I had walked through it two or three times already on that trip and just didn't notice how many yeah. people oh, were yeah. in the park. Like, because I'm not used to... Yeah, we're used to tuning it out. Right. It's like noticing how many pigeons there are in a downtown area. Right. You like, totally you, you know it. that they're there, but you just, like, I don't know how many there are. Just ignore them. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so his whole thing was like, no, humanize them by... Can I ask you your name? Yeah. Um, and, but that's, and that's vulnerable for very. us because now they're going to engage with you and you worry like, well, are they going to feel like I owe them something now? Like, are they going to be more? Now they think I'm going to give them something. Yeah. Or if, as we wrongly characterize almost all homeless people, if they're crazy, yeah, they're going to hurt me and they're going to come after me. Like, I don't want to engage. So it's just easier to pass them by. Like, I'm not going to pet this stray dog because it might bite me. Yeah. And that... Uh, that sense of viewing people as a threat or as an object that needs to be either defended against or solved yeah. is not helpful. Yeah. 
So at the end of that story, um, that was the end of the story. <laughs> I mean, like it really. So he t- tells me that, and I'm like, oh man. And then Adrian comes up and says, "Hey guys, uh, lunch was an hour ago." <laughs> well, I mean, like it was going to be a long time. Like we were there. She's like, um, she had seen us when she went by, and I said, "We'll be here." Like she she knew where we were. Yeah. Um, and um, so she came, and she's like, "Well, they're all done." So. Um, we're we're probably I'm ready to go if you guys aren't. We said I th- yeah I think so, and so we said goodbye to our guys. I don't know who Kyle was talking to because he he has a different story about that guy. Yeah, um, I should ask him what his story was at some point. He probably doesn't remember because I'm sure he does that every Saturday. <laughs> uh, but uh, and finally and again we had uh, he had he had gotten us coffee about an hour ago and neither of them wanted coffee, and then we we're Kyle was uh, done and he was like I didn't really drink any of his coffee. Do you want it? And his guy took it. Yeah. And I realized I hadn't drank any of my coffee yet either. And I said, do you want this coffee? He's like, yes, I do. Well, I think there's there's so many threads in this story, one of which being I'm sure countless Christian people have come by these two guys and done the prophetizing yep. thing. Like, their defensiveness... Oh, they were ready for it right, right away. And rightly so. Yeah. Um, because there's a there's a degree... There's the wrong... The, the way you and Kyle approached it is the right way to approach it. Yeah. It just I took, also want to reiterate... Kyle is the hero in the story, <laughs> not me. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. even that to follow Kyle's example into it, like they, it took you a while to break through that. Because... Yeah, I did not want to do it. I, I mean, for a solid forty-five minutes, I did not want to be there. I yeah. was ready to leave at any given time. Like, I haven't done it since then. I can't imagine. There's, there's homeless people uh, all over Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, there's opportunities to talk to homeless people all the time. I don't do it. Yeah, I'm not good at it. Um, I mean, that's where the I part of the the. Myers Briggs comes yeah. in, but I also I'm worried. Uh, I have, I mean, we're culturally conditioned to fear homeless people, yeah, and to, and that's not that's not fair. And is it? Are you vulnerable? Yeah, but you're vulnerable from some jerk driving down the street too. Yeah, yeah. And the, so, I mean, the to bring it all full circle, that sense of realizing that all of us have a cart full of garbage that we're holding on to. Yep. And it doesn't matter whether you're an adult or a kid or. Uh, anywhere in between. I mean, whether you are young adult or old adult, like we are holding on to something. And and it may be that you are using people in your life as an excuse, that mm-hmm. it's not their fault. Like maybe your kids are not asking you to not do that thing you always wanted to do, but you use, well, I can't do that because my kids. Like yeah. maybe you could. Yeah. And and maybe you can't, and that's okay too. Like, and and maybe the cart full of garbage you're holding on to is a career. Yeah. And really what you need, and that's keeping you away from your kids. So it's not always let go of these people in your life or these things that are holding you back. Sometimes they're holding you back from things that are good. And they, and you shouldn't look at them as holding you back. You should look at them as that's what where your value yeah. needs to be right now. And I think, I don't know, this is a generalization, and maybe it's not true for everybody, but I think to ask the question, what is the garbage I'm holding on to? Yeah. You know the answer. Yes, of course like, you, you do. You don't. Yeah, it was. It's not a surprise. V knew. Yeah. Everything in that cart was garbage, mm-hmm. but it meant something. It was garbage he had worked to get, yep. and it and if he lost it, he would have no garbage. And having some garbage was better than having no, nothing. Yeah, and that's how we are. Like we are no better than any of those people sitting on the side of the street. Yeah, and we need to remember that that no one chooses to be homeless. No one chooses to be in that situation. Even if they have done things that they made bad choices, no one wants that for their life. 
one of the best lines coming out of that mission trip last summer. We took a guy from our church. And again, Westminster is a pretty upper middle class yeah. church. And we took uh, this guy, Paul, on the trip. It was his first trip with us. Yeah. Um, and we sat with, I wish I could write, Dave. Dave was the, uh, the the guy who came and spoke with us about being homeless. And after he finished, all the kids went to go you know, goof off or something like yeah. that. And Paul looks at me and goes, wow, we all really do have one foot on a banana peel, don't we? Absolutely. And it was like, yeah, it yeah. takes next to nothing to come from where we are to where yeah. people experiencing Well, and a lot of things, what separates homeless people from a lot of non-homeless people, one a big thing is race. Yeah. And the advantages that one has based on the color of their skin. Uh, another thing is people in your life who will bail you out. Yep. And most of us have parents or people who, in a pinch, mm-hmm. you can say, ah, we got this medical bill that was $1,000. Can you give us a loan that we may not pay back? Or can you help me with a down payment? Can you do all these things? Yep. I have people in my life that I've done that with, and I would not be where I am without those people. Right. I still have people in my life that I will probably do that again to. <laughs> because that's, and, and it's a privilege that I have that I wish everybody had that privilege, but I would not be able to survive. And the people who have given, who have done that for me, have had that privilege from someone else. So when we live in community, we can help each other in that way. And yeah. I've been able to help other people in, in certain ways, not as much with finances, but with with uh, other things, sometimes with finances. But, but I, we all can help each other with the things that we have. Yeah. We all can say, if you give it a try, I'll watch your cart for you. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, like that, to, to, to really push this analogy too far. Um, no, but that's it. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that when you have no one, then the things become all that you hold on to. Yeah. And sometimes we have people in our lives that we ignore. I mean, we talked about this with Epiphany last year, that last week. That um, felt like a year. It ago. did feel like a year ago. Uh, but the the sense that God is with us, we just are looking in the wrong places. Yep. And community is there too. Yep, you're just looking in the wrong places. And even if you don't have a community, there are communities that will accept you. There are communities that will help you. Um, the hard thing is when, like much like V and and the other guys there experienced, is sometimes people who say we will accept you do it on conditions that are based on their own agenda yep. rather than things that will necessarily help you. And so once they have been used by people as a thing that needs to be fixed and rather than being seen as a, as a human being that God has created, uh, then they have less patience for people who say that they're going to help them Yep, because really they're just trying to help themselves. Which gets into toxic mission trips and all kinds of stuff, which we talked a little bit about in the live show that was hard to hear. And we'll talk again at some point because that's a huge thing. We haven't, they haven't asked us back yet. I wonder (laughs) why. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get asked back. (laughs) Wonder why that is. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, um, yeah. Think about what, what it is that you have in your life that you're holding. And it may not be holding you back from everything. We all have things that we use as excuses to stop us from doing what, what we need to do. Yep, 100%. What do you have, and what would it take for you to get rid of it? We'll let it go. A finer Twitter question, there is not. What are you <laughs> holding on to? Uh, that was very Yoda-like. <laughs> or Dr. Seuss-like. <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah. But no, what are you, what are you holding on to? And I, I mean, again, it, it, it's, it won't be a surprise. Uh, it won't be, you know, kind of buried in the recesses. We usually can find the answer to that pretty fast. Oh, yeah. Um, the kind of stuff that is non-negotiable, but really is negotiable. Yeah. 
and would be better served sitting on the on the curb. And a lot of times we have um, made it important because it becomes a good valid reason for us to not do the things that we know we need to do. Yes. Like, but the but the kids. It's like no, they'll be fine. Oh yeah, no. Like investing in your kids is a totally cool thing, which yeah. is why it it's so insidious. Yeah. It's like it feels like you're doing the right thing. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. But you could be doing better. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So tweet at us. Yeah. Next time you hear from us, we may be in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. That math checks out. Yeah. I don't know if we'll release that one right. We might yeah, release that, another one first, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll we'll have an interesting bank of oh, things man. and some minisodes that need to come out at some point. Yeah, I've been yeah, holding yeah. on to a little too long. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a it's a uh, it's a wealth of curse of riches. What oh. is that phrase? It's a. Uh, I don't know. We've got a lot of stuff for you in 2020. Hello. <laughs> My brain has stopped. I uh, I've been Tyler. I, I've been Jay. And this has been Rubbing, Rubbing the, the Pastor. Pastor.